if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered training organisation number 31352. Now today we've got Becky Island with us. Becky's actually from the UK. She lives in New Zealand now. She lives in Otago and she's an equine vet and that's probably the main thing we need to talk to her about, you know, that she does the equine and uh, she also does a little bit of riding and enjoys all disciplines of horse riding, but eventing's a real passion. Now, how are you, Becky? Good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good, Becky. Good to talk to you. I like talking to people, especially people like equine vets. You know, you've got a specialty. You could have gone cats, dogs, budgies, but you've really focused on the horses. So I'm interested to talk to you a little bit about that. But, Becky, before we go, before we even get started, what's your favourite quote, something um, that you can think along the lines of? Because I want to know the way that it's influenced you or inspired you as well. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm a big Definitely, probably not a big quote girl, but I definitely, if somebody said to you, oh, what, what would you think about regularly in the car? I'd probably mm. think about um, the quote, strive for excellence. Yep. I think that's something that's stuck in me, and I probably couldn't even tell you where I first heard it or who said it to me, but it's something that I try to do throughout my career, but also every day, you know, each client that I see, each patient that I see, I try to achieve the best and give them the best, best service that I can. So that would probably be my pick of quotes, mm, I suspect. Mm, mm. No, it's a good one. It's outside the horse world, but you can really focus it and use it for horses as well. You know, if you've got a got a goal and got something that you really want to achieve, you just keep thinking about the excellence of it, not just getting there, but getting there with excellence. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think it's important if you want to achieve in the world, even just in everyday life, that, um, you know, to, to try and do the best is probably yep. the only way to go. Yep, yep. Now, Becky, the little girl's dream is usually to own a pony you know, and, and that's sort of normal. And then once you have got a pony, then everyone goes, oh, she's so good with that pony, she should be a vet. Okay, now that's pretty typical that I think most people that um, have horses go through a stage where they want to be a vet. But is this this strive for excellence that you've decided that you wanted to be a vet and you've decided that's what you're going to do or was there something that happened that made you choose to be a vet? Yeah, probably. It's probably a little bit different for me, actually. And I think the strive for excellence has come um, just a little bit in my personality, but um, probably wanting to be a vet came from the fact that I really wanted a horse as a child. Mm -hmm. And being in the UK, we lived in town, and my parents were separated. We didn't have lots of spare money, so that probably wasn't something that was an option. Mm -hmm. My granddad always said if he won the lottery, he'd buy me a horse. Um, so I used to um, go to a riding school and help out all day for a 15-minute free ride on a Sunday. Yep. And, yeah, and my mum always used to say to me, you know, you can't have a horse. And I'd say, why not, mum? And she says, because the vet bills are too expensive. So I thought, right, well, if I want a horse, then I need to be able to provide my own vet care. So that's probably where it all started. Yep, yep. I find myself at the farriers are more expensive sometimes, if, you know, if you don't have the big emergency. <laughs> but 
you always worry about that emergency, I suppose. Yeah, well, that yeah. was the next thing she said. Also, the shillings too expensive. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just do one of the two at this stage. I'm probably not going to do both. <laughs> so, yeah, here I am. Good, good. Now, if other people, you know, because you'd come across lots of girls that, you know, have got horses or lots of people that would like to be a vet and people that would even like to work in the horse industry, what sort of person do they have to be? Um, I think anybody can be a horse vet or, or a vet to start with and then, you know, specialise in the horse industry afterwards if they just um, are really to, ready to commit and try hard. Um, obviously, you do need a, a middle level of intelligence, but it's more about um, just the, the sheer amount that you want to learn and the, and the sheer passion that you have to provide a service for people because I do as well as, um, you know, it needing to be like an acad- academic career. It's also a service industry mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it is about looking after your patients and your clients from a um, a little bit like being a waitress, really, you know, in the hospitality sort of world. So I think anybody that wants to work in the horse industry, they do need to be prepared for hard work and yep. commitment, but anyone can do it, you know. And a lot of people now, when they're maturing, they think, oh, I'm not intelligent enough to be a vet, so they go and become a nurse or a technician. And then they realise, oh, actually, I am intelligent enough to be a vet. It actually is more about passion and drive. Mm-hmm. So then they go back to university afterwards, which puts them in a lot more debt but they feel mentally ready for the challenge and they always achieve and they actually often come out better vets for it so I don't think it should be out of reach for anyone really okay Um, Okay. yeah just set your goal and go for it really yes yeah well I mean you did say commitment the trying hard the passion to succeed the it's a bit more than just anyone can do it you've still got to be committed to do it you've still got to decide that that's what you want to do and you can do it yeah, absolutely. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I, I do meet a lot of people that get turned down from, you know, the selection process and they don't make it and they keep trying and keep trying and often they, they do get there. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's yeah. potential heard... for anyone to have a go. Well, I know that um, in Queensland, you know, if you apply to be a vet, not many people get in. But if you apply to do a science degree and you do the same subjects that vets do. Yeah, you know, the same basic and, and they're coordinated subjects. The vet science does them, but the science does them. And then you realise that you've done all your first year vet subjects in your science degree, then you can swap over to veterinary a lot easier. And because you've already committed yeah, to that first year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I just think if you've got, if you really want to be, um, you know, if you love clients and love you know, you've got good people skills and like communicating and it's definitely the career for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I get asked a lot, you know, why Why did you want to be there? Or when I take students out, I say to them, why do you want to be there? And they always say, oh, I love horses. But, you know, it, it is about the horses and, and loving the horses. You get to spend every day with them, but it's also about, you know, loving your clients and wanting to care for them. Yep. And, um, you know, it's definitely about communication and, and dealing with people. That's probably the most important part of the career. What do you think is the best thing about being a vet? You know, besides being a childhood dream, now that you are a vet and you're working with people, is that the best thing, the people, the horses? Yeah. Um, I think feeling like you've made a difference and really helped an animal right there and then. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of my work I try to come away from the emergency work and it's all about preventative medicine. But there's nothing better than when you do go to an emergency situation or even in a, in a dental situation where you do their teeth and you know you've made a big difference. You know, you just feel a real sense of achievement and excitement for the animal and for the client. You know, yep. you really, you know, there's, it's a really often a, an emotional time for them and it's really nice to be able to help them with that. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm just thinking because you talked about the dentistry because you offer a few different services, don't you? You don't just say, I'll I'll treat your horse. But a couple of, um, I suppose, more specialist things that while they're still for horses, tell us a little bit about the other things that you do besides, well, I suppose it's complementary to being a vet. It's a specialist feel within that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I do go out and see, obviously, just your normal etchy horse and, you know, a horse has got a sore on its leg, that sort of thing. But, you know, I try to provide a full round service. So anything that my clients need in the area, I can do. Mm-hmm. So dentistry is a really important one, um, especially it, it, you know, could be done really well. Um, so I, I provide a good dental service that hand rasping or power tool work, and it totally depends on the animal's needs. And you can do it with or without sedation, depending on the animal's behaviour on the day. Um, we provide radiographs, a digital radiograph. So that's quite a new thing. And I think it's vital to the equine uh, vetting to really have digital x-ray now. So you can um, take x-rays in the field and bring the images up straight away. And it means that you can interpret them and make decisions on them. It's quite often used for remedial farrowy work now as well. You know, we can change angles in their feet to help with their performance. Um, and on top of that, you know, you can do ultrasounds, um, endoscopy, where you put a camera quite often up into the upper airways or into the pouches inside their head to check for um, abnormalities if there's nasal discharge or sometimes laryngeal problems. Um, and, yeah, on top of that, re- reproduction work, so I provide uh, breeding services. Um, yeah, and, and on-site lab- laboratories where well, so if we need to take samples, urine samples or drink fluid samples out of ours, then, you know, you can analyse it here as well. So, yeah, qu- quite a wide service, but I think all first opinion services and things that clients do really need on an everyday basis. Okay, okay. Thinking about from when you first started, you know, from when your mum said you can't have a horse because vets are too expensive, yeah. And this is money aside because, you know, money's always a problem. What do you think your biggest challenge has been to get to where you are now with your own practice? Yeah, um, honestly, I think it's um, people have probably been my biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of lovely people in the horse industry, but there are a lot of passionate people in the horse industry. And unfortunately, there are also a lot of people in the horse industry with egos ready to tell you that you're not good enough or, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can't do that or there's people better. So I absolutely honestly think for me who um, I'm quite hard on myself and, you know, I um, can be quite sensitive, but obviously I want to achieve, but I, I'm definitely good at self-analyzing myself and quite harshly. I think that's a, a really difficult thing in the industry not to get knocked back and lose your confidence because people, in, especially the ex-buying betting industry, are ready to jump on you and, you know, make you feel insecure. So that is definitely a big challenge. And mm-hmm. I think the best way to um, win that challenge is just around yourself by like-minded people and people that will give you that positive support and there are people out there that, you know, that, that can do that for you. Yeah, surrounding yourself with people that can give you the support, I think that goes across a few different areas as well, not just in the situation you're in now. Yeah, yeah. Or removing yourself from situations where people aren't giving you positive support. You know, I think sometimes you better just cut your losses and, and move on and I mm-hmm. have done that, um, you know, with clinics and this is where I came with the idea that actually one day I wanted to have my own clinic because I want to provide not only an excellent service to my client yep. and it doesn't mean that I'm the top specialist, know everything that in the world, but I think it's really important to provide patients and clients with the best care to the best of your knowledge, which you can research now and find out more if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, provide a really, I would love to be a fantastic employer and actually I am employing someone in December 
and it would just mean so much for me to think that they're employed in a really safe working environment you know a mentally safe working environment and somewhere where I can support them but they love coming to work you know that would be really exciting for me as well because unfortunately I haven't found that um, a common thing in the equine well not the equine industry but the vetting industry Mm -hmm. in general Mm -hmm. and and actually in the equine and vetting industry there is a really high level of people dropping out from the profession you know Mm -hmm. quite quite high from when I graduated to now, there'd be at least 20 or 30% of our class that aren't vets anymore. Oh, wow. wow. And in addition, yeah, yeah, even within a couple of years. Mm. And in addition to that, it's a really high suicide rate profession. Mm. There's a lot mm. of mental health associated with it. And I think a lot of that is associated with um, the working environment that you're in and the lack of support. So I, I really am hoping that I can change that. Okay. Okay. I think that's um, that's a wonderful goal to work towards. Yeah, well, hopefully. I'll let you know how we get on with that. That would be brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book imagine maybe one day you could be a guest on horse chats you know i'm just thinking about it because doctors can get very emotionally involved with their patient you know that they they worry about them and support them and everything else but with vets it's harder because you've got not just your patient who's the animal but you've also got the person who's there bringing the animal in you know, bringing the horse in and, and you sort of have to support the two, you know, support the owner but also support the horse so it can be quite distressing, you know, if things go wrong. Yeah, mm. it is mm. difficult and, you know, you're acting for really on, on people's children. You know, that's a lot A lot of my clients, you know, a good proportion of my clients either don't have children or they're all the children moved out so these become their new life mm. children. We mm. call them the fur babies. Sure. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it is important to help clients make decisions and sometimes welfare decisions too where they really want to try for their animal but actually it's kind of um, to not and say actually this is, this horse deserves to be put to rest and that's a really difficult thing that we deal with commonly as well, especially the older horse that's um, you know in its 30s now and it's really struggling to maintain condition but it's bright and happy and the client loves the horse so much and that's a really tr- tricky decision to help them come to. So, yeah, there are quite difficult aspects of the job and you, you do take it home and there's weekends where you worry all weekend and then on Monday morning you realise it's all great and you didn't need to worry but <laughs> it's too late by then. So, yeah, that's, um, but I think if you don't have passion then you, you don't love your career and your clients enough then you probably yes. won't have as many clients as someone else that does. So works well the other way too you know you've got mares that have just yeah. had a foal and the people are happy and the horse is going well and the foal's going exactly. well yeah 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 and I'm constantly um you know it's really exciting to see really positive feedback you know I, I get some really nice recommendations and I mean Facebook's the new bible I guess mm-hmm. for the equine industry yes. um yeah. but you yeah you get some really nice feedback and that's what you work for you know those clients yeah. that are really happy with what you do yeah 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 
What about, you know, just thinking if you go out to see a new client, do people have, and that might be particular to your area, a common thing that they're doing wrong? You know, because we're about education. If you can educate people to do something different in the care of their horse that would, I suppose, minimise your visits, but things that you just, yeah. you, you know, you keep thinking it's a repeat that people are doing all the time that they could make their horse happier and healthier if they didn't do it. Yeah, and I think that's a really good question because I run seminars every winter for this mm -hmm. very specific reason. You know, I try yes. to educate my clients so that they have to see me less, um, which is great. Um, I think one of the big things in the equine industry is all about advertisement and marketing. And there's so many products available that clients see to fix things like fix my behavioral problems or fix the horse mm. doing this or fix the horse doing that. And um, clients spend a lot of money and it's always seen as the more expensive product um, is going to fix my horse better than the cheaper one. And unfortunately, I think we forget to go right back to the start. And, and it would be really nice to change the, the thinking of clients to vets. And, and I think I've done that in the area here where you're the first port of call. And, and quite often, we well, I find that these behavioral problems, which I eventually get called to, is because of some underlying um, pain or soreness that's been missed and quite commonly it's associated with back soreness from poorly fitted saddles or underlying lameness and the only reason clients miss the lameness is just because they don't look so I say a lot to my clients you know if your horses are having behavioral problems at home just pop them on a lunge on a free lunge well not a free lunge sorry with, with no gear on just a head collar and a, a lunge rope and it becomes very obvious often then why a horse is showing some behavioral problems so I, I probably my thing would be to say before you jump to all these things to buy on the internet go back just use your eyes have a look at your horse and just think is there a pain response you know is there something wrong here mm -hmm. and that's you know I'd say that's really common and that's 95 percent of what I do yeah, it's sort yeah. of, I get called out for behavioural issues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking about these. You know, you you said about doing a few seminars. Um, what the beginning of every winter is that? That's the most common. But tell us a little bit about the seminars that you do. Um. So, well, I've just been open a year. Um. On Tuesday, actually. Um. Oh, congratulations. I opened my business yeah. on. Uh, thank you. On the fifth of November last year, mm. and um, I decided that part of my business model is ed education. You know, yep. I think that's really important. Absolutely. And yep. Um, hence, not only my seminars, but I, um, you know, present at Equitana next days this year, and I try to do those sorts of, of things for my clients. So my, I call them my winter woolly seminars. So I ran those last year, and one of my lectures was behavior. My why is my horse misbehaving? Um, but, you know, another one um, we looked at foot balance and and lameness, and also you know equine gastric ulcers and hinder ulcers. Mm -hmm. um, and I sort of just run them locally. I um, in, in central Otago, where we are, I run them in my hometown, which is Alexandra. And then I run, I go to a Queenstown on a Wednesday. So I run one seminar in Queenstown. And then I go to Wanaka on a Thursday and I run a seminar in Wanaka as well for my clients. So I cover quite a big area. Um, and so I usually run three seminars and I'll hopefully do that next year. I do get requests to do more, but unfortunately, I'm just a little bit too busy at the moment yes, to do that. A certain so. amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So winter's a good time to do it. Okay. And then, you know, I like to think of what people are going. You've sort of said a few things that you are, um, you know, working towards your winter woolly seminars, Equitana, you know, doing something to make you a better employer. Is there anything else that we should um, touch base with you about in the future? Yeah, so probably in the near future, um, I have um, a vet starting, which is going to be really exciting. Yep. And she's going to take like a trainee role and um, 
that'll be really great because then hopefully there'll be two of us just free me up a little bit more. I do have ideas with the local farriers here that oh, it would be really great if we could run like a a, a vet conference. So yep. I did run one, I think it would be about two months ago now, where we got clients in for the day and we worked with the farrier to trot up our horses and x-ray them and worked together to try to improve foot balance because quite often the um, shoeing and foot balance can help increase performance and it also, when it goes wrong, can be cause of lamenses. Mm-hmm. And so that's something, you know, we called it the podiatry day. That's something that we definitely would look to do in the future. I think probably in each year I would still like to try to do Equitana and Equidays if they're still running and if they'll still have me. Um, and it, it would be really nice maybe one day to have some sort of um, New Zealand online forum where, you know, they could ask questions um, and I can help them, you know, from an online basis, but a little bit too busy at the moment to look into that. But yeah, that's, um, you know, that's probably just in the short term, the next year or two, what, yeah, where I'd like to hope my business would go. Good, good. All right, I would like to catch up with you, um, yeah, about a couple of those things. I'll have a chat to you a bit later about that. But before we go, Becky, if you were going to summarise your philosophy with horses, just think you yourself as a vet, as a competitor, just with that horse-human relationship. What would you say, just in a couple of sentences? Um, I would say I always want to look look at my horse with my eyes because I think um, things are quite often missed as a horse owner just from looking for answers rather than actually looking at the horse. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I met a fantastic, one of the best um, veterinarians I've ever worked with in the world, uh, Professor Joe Mayhew. He is getting towards retirement age now, but he is um, he's world-renowned for his veterinary knowledge. And when I worked underneath him as an intern um, at Massey University, he would always teach me to question why. And he said, you know, if you are going to treat the source of antibiotics, why? Or if you're going to use anti-inflammatories, why? And I think it's something that's really stuck with me and a little bit of my personality is a little bit like that, but I always question why. Yep. And I say that to my clients as well. I say, if you're going to buy something or you're thinking of doing something with your horse, ask why and ask your vets why. And if between you, you don't understand why, or you can't realize why you're doing it, then, you know, maybe actually that's not the right answer. You shouldn't be. So, yeah, probably from him, that that would be on a daily basis. I want to use my eyes and um, really make sure that what I'm doing is the right thing. And I always question myself every day to make sure. Yep, yep. I think, you know, riding-wise, training-wise, everything else, the, the whole question why, it's a good one. Yeah, and training is a big thing. You know, it's something that I try to um, – I am going to try and run another seminar on that because I think that's something that we, with the clients that I've worked with previously, um, a little bit misunderstood about training of horses. And, you know, we there's a lot that we can learn from the human industry as well of feeding. You know, there's a lot of misconception about feeding and training and, um, you know, trying to heat up our horses and, and getting that miss, uh, well, you know, confused with fitness level as well and then different types of fitness level and training we can do with our horses. So there's a big field there that, um, you know, I'd love to get into and I'm hoping my winter seminars next year might touch a little base on training fitness and feeding for fitness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully. Um, hopefully that will will be the next year's seminars and something that we can work towards. That sounds good. Becky, now if people would like to contact you, if they're in New Zealand or they happen to see you around or they want to chat and catch up about anything that we've said, what's the best way? Is it Facebook? Is it phone, email? 
Yeah, so basically, so a little bit about my business. So it's Central Lakes Equine. I'm based in Alexander and Central Targo. Um, you know, taking on new clients every day. So if people are coming down in the area. Not only do I take on just routine clients, but sometimes people are coming through for holidays, um, you know, or coming through to the area. Then the best way to contact to me um, is either through Facebook. So on Facebook, you can see there's a messenger there and you can send me a message and I will get back to you in the same day if you message me before five o'clock or definitely the next day if it's after five o'clock. Um, when you message me, there's an automated message that comes up with the emergency number just in case you need to contact me urgently. Mm-hmm. And then also... Um, there is a phone number that you can, I say call me on, but you're better often to text me and then I'll call you back when I'm free. Um, 02777-83694. And yeah, that's my mobile number. But Facebook is a great way and you can email me as well. So all my contact details are on Facebook. Um, and feel free to send me questions. Um, you know, if you're my local clients, then absolutely I'll help you as soon as I can. And if you're further afield and I've just got some questions, I'm happy to touch base and work with your vet, you know, in that way if you need my help there. And hopefully come to Equitana and next year, Equidays, if they'll have me back, which would <laughs> okay. be great to see you there. <laughs> one, one thing's for sure, we'll have you back. So, I'll um, yeah, we'll have to organise to catch up again soon. And um great talking to you today but also looking forward to catching up with you again Becky it was great thank you lovely well thank you for having me okay bye bye thanks a lot bye if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe if you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests then please contact us through horsechats.com and while you're online have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.